Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the HLA Podcast, episode 17. I'm your host, Clicks the Crouton, joined by the Solemn. Yeah, no, that's me. <laughs> by the Balam. Today we're talking about video game villains, um, and on and to a lesser note, uh, villains in general. Uh this is uh this is this is a pretty cool topic. I wasn't I wasn't I, it didn't come to mind for whatever reason when thinking about it before. Thinking about topics before. But like what comes to what comes to mind or who comes to mind uh when you think of, you know, video games villains like I mean it's probably got to be like current ones of games that I've been playing. So like the Ender Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't see that. No, I don't know if you can call the Ender Dragon a villain. Like, oh, not really. I guess. He's, well, he's just sort of a guy doing his own thing. Her, yeah, her because the egg. Yeah. Just like doing his own thing, and you just go in there and fucking murk him or her, whoever, whatever. Well, I mean, it drops an egg, so I'm assuming the Ender Dragon is a girl. Yeah. Some dude dragon shitting out eggs. Who knows? <laughs> dude, I hope not. Man, this really sums up 2019. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Welcome to the stream. Welcome to the stream, Seagull. So, I gotta say, like, things I really, or the ones that I really think about would be, like, mm. um, like I said, so more current ones. So I've been playing a lot of Fallout lately too. So I'm thinking about I don't know, like Kellogg or like what you consider the NCR, the Legion, Caesar's Legion. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about those guys because I've been playing a lot of that game and those games. Yeah, well, like what makes them villains, though? So it's really hit or miss. So you played Fallout Four. It's the only one you played. Yeah, it's been a bit though. Yeah. Um. Do you remember Kellogg at all? It sounds familiar, but no. So Kellogg was basically, for anyone that hasn't played Fallout 4, this game has been on since like 2015, so you've had your chance. Um, major spoilers ahead. But Kellogg basically is the one that came in. He's the mercenary that came in. He worked for the Institute. He took your son while you were in Vault 111. Or was it 111? And oh, he's the one that made a uh, a robot copy of him, right? Yeah, there's like a sin- well, he didn't necessarily do it. He was just the mercenary contracted to or contracted. Oh, to yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember because he was the only pure life form left after the wasteland had been like turned into the wasteland. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember now. That's that completely the like only pre-war my child left. The youngest one is the most pristine. You know. Yeah. So Kellogg, I mean, you can consider him a villain all you want, but he's he really like he was in it for the money, you know. Like working in the wasteland is kind of hard, but it really makes you wonder his age because when you kill him, he's half synth himself. This man was like, like when you're looting his body, you notice like all these like you find like a fake arm on him or like you know oh, all yeah, these different yeah. things that are just keeping him alive. These like artificial parts and pieces, and your character will like he's like he's part like cyborg. He was hardly human at all. Yeah. So, I don't know, it just, a lot of it's just weird, weird plot stuff when you get into it, but Kellogg, I guess you can call a villain, 
but you know, the yeah, but it's like, like you called them the villains because they're they're pre- they're preserving the world underground, but they're not making it open to everyone. It's kind of just like to the chosen few. Yeah, to like the people that are in the institute, and it turns out like the only people really in the institute are mainly synths anyway. So it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what are we, what are we preserving, my dude? Okay, so so like, so in your in your mind, you think the you you view uh, the villains are Kellogg and the Institute as villains. I really don't know. Like Kellogg's a mercenary, you know, he's just about the money. So I don't really consider him a like in the grand scheme of things. No, he's not like a villain. He's just as much a villain to you as a raid, like a regular raider would be. Yeah, because you know, they're still you know like killing for whatever reason. I guess the raiders are more insane than anything. But and then I don't know. I don't oh, know yeah, if I, would I remember. Consider- the Brotherhood of Steel are like assholes too. You can consider them villains if you want because they oh, yeah, true. eradicate literally everything that isn't human. Yeah, no, this, uh, the Conrad... It's like Mr. Ethnic Cleansing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> random, or, or not random, Cat put a fucking, uh, a link to it from the Fallout wiki. I remember killing this guy and then walking up to him and and then putting a bullet between his eyes. Like, after he was dead. Because <laughs> I remember being really into Fallout 4. You remember Elder Maxon? I assume that you played through with the blo- with the Brotherhood because who didn't? Because they oh, power armor, you know. Um, I don't remember who I, what like faction I played through it with. I've played through for all the factions in Fallout, but I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head. I can't remember. So Elder Maxon was in the Pridwin, which was that big ass. Bl- yeah, he yeah. Was like. The current leader or whatever. It, uh-huh. Well, if you played Fallout New Vegas, that takes place before Fallout Four. You can actually see Elder Maxon when he's like a child, or maybe it's, maybe it's not. I'm thinking Fallout Three, I guess. Mm. I think he's in the Citadel in Fallout Three. My bad. But anyway, he's like talking about all these things, like. What they and what the Brotherhood ingrains into these children's minds, like because you'll see, um, I'm trying to think. In Fallout Four, I think you have this mission to like take these kids out on, you know, these different combat missions to watch you clear out places, mm-hmm. and they'll be talking about these things like the adults do and they're just like yeah kill that little bastard like just and it's just like a ghoul and he's like hey i got a family here like <laughs> what yeah. the fuck but it, yeah, like, yeah fallout is really one of those games that messes it really challenges your morals like oh yeah do you yeah. think it's okay to put a bullet between this man's eyes even though like he's a ghoul so he can become feral at any moment but it's at the same time like he's not for the time being so should we you know yeah, and I've played through with all these different, like putting my own morals aside. Like that was my first playthrough of these games. Like, what do I think is right? What would I do in this situation? And then I played through all the factions to get an idea of their way of thinking. Uh-huh. A lot of it's like fucked up ideals. Like, yeah, it's just I don't know that the series just like plays with your mind a lot. Especially, well, that, I like, feel like New that's Vegas. one of the. I feel like that's one of the 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 highlights of Fallout is the fact that like. If you were to follow any of the faction's ideals to a T, 
that would seem more messed up than anything. But that's why you as a player character are able to interact with multiple factions and then integrate all of those factions' ideas into one thing, you know, expelling the bad shit that you don't like and taking in the stuff that you do, like, resonate with. And you're able to make your own... I don't know how, like, far back you're able to make your own camps, but at least in Fallout 4, it's like you're you're able to make your own community. So... Yeah, it's, it's the first game to introduce the settlement system. Yeah, like, so, and guess in, like, in, like, Fallout 4, it's, it's, um, like, tease that, like, you could be your own faction. Like, you yeah, and the and community I, you make. There's a really cool way of doing that in Fallout New Vegas. Like, they have so many endings to the game. In New Vegas, uh, I don't think you played it. I don't know if Cat has. I know a few people that I've talked to have, but, um... So, basically, New Vegas was, you know, filled with all these casinos, and there was all these families there, whatever, that owned the casinos. Uh-huh. Um, hold on just a sec, I gotta check my phone. Mm-mm. Something come up? Yeah, so, yeah. We're fine, though. Um, so, what was this? So, New Vegas was... So the Lucky 38 Casino in New Vegas was or is owned by Mr. House. And Mr. House, from before the war, was trying to have this um, platinum chip delivered. Well, there was like seven different items. There was like throw items. Like one was a chess piece. One was a set of dice, you know, a playing card. There were these random items. And one was a platinum poker chip. Uh-huh. And he gave these to... I think either six or seven different couriers to deliver to, um, to to deliver to him to be able to you know do something with. But it's never really revealed in the first part of the game. You just knew that's what you had to do. So you get shot by this guy in the checkered coat named Benny. You know, truth is, game was rigged from the start. But um, so you get shot by him. You wake up in Good Springs. You don't have the platinum chip, but you do have your work order from the Mojave Express, which is the, um, like the, I guess, the courier, the mail system, I guess, mm-hmm. there. So, like the Pony Express, basically. So, but without the fucking pony. <laughs> you find out later, once you make it to New Vegas, because that's where you end up finding out where Benny is at. He's at his casino, the Tops, because he's one of the chairmen, which is their own, like, organization. And... So you find out either from Benny or from Mr. House, because you get instructed to go see Mr. House first to find out that Benny has this platinum chip. It's supposed to help Mr. House do something. So it turned out in the end that the platinum chip is a data storage device. There's only two computers in the entire Mojave Wasteland that can read it. One in some bunker underneath a fortification hill, which is across the dam, across Hoover Dam, under Caesar's camp. So there's that one, and the Caesar and the Legion, you know, they're their own faction. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was uh, right there at the Lucky 38. There was two computers that could read it. So basically that thing beefed up Mr. House's robots, the Securitrons, to, you know, keep the strip safe and shit from all the war going on around them between the NCR, the National, the New California Republic, and Caesar's Legion fighting to control... Hoover Dam for all the electricity that it brings. 
And oh, gotcha. Okay. It's yeah. So like, once you get your hands on the platinum ship and after killing Benny, which you have a ton of fucking different op like opportunities and options of killing this man. Like you can walk straight into the tops casino, and you know you can shoot him in his fucking face. You know, like just straight up, you can refuse to hand over your weapons at the front door and just shoot this man dead in his fucking eyes. Like, ooh, you know that's the option. But Oof. he's got bodyguards and shit like that. The Tops Casino, you know, basically the entire strip will turn hostile if you do that because you had no goddamn reason to kill him. Yeah. Or you can talk to him, try to negotiate something with him. He'll run off because he knows what he did to you and he knows you're looking for fucking revenge. So he ends up running off, getting captured by Caesar, trying to get into his bunker have this platinum chip read it so he can control the Securitrons and whatnot for himself. And see, and that was the whole falling out between Benny and Mr. House was that Benny wanted to, you know, take all the ship for himself and just basically have control, control of the entire strip. Yeah. And I know I'm getting like really into plot details here. No, you're good. So Go ahead. It, it defines so many fucking villains though, if you think about it. So then you have, he gets captured by Caesar, and, you know, if you make it to Caesar's camp, either, you know, for Mr. House, you know, pretending to pat Caesar on the back, but you really betray him in the or whether you're actually trying to play through for the Legion, you can shoot, you see Benny tied up, you can either just fucking shoot him in the face right there while he's tied up, you can, if you're a female, you can offer to, like, sleep with him or something like that. Uh-huh. Back at the back at the casino, and he'll like comment on that shit and stuff like that. There's, they play in a lot of different details, like the decisions you make early on impact you at the end of the game. That's what I love about the series too. Like, yeah, they, they remember that. Shit. Um, or you can choose like if you're loyal enough to Caesar, he'll let you choose Benny's punishment. Like you can duke it out with him in the arena that they have there for like gladiatorial battles and stuff like that. You can have him nailed to a fucking cross. Whoa. <laughs> yes, crucifixion oh, is like a huge thing for them. Because you got to figure, they're basically like... The Romans, the yeah. Romans. Yeah, so like that's... They Damn. were big on that. Trust me, they're no strangers to crucifixion. Holy shit. If you're, if you're helping the NCR out, you take a camp called Nelson, and you can actually get a bunch of guys off of crosses that just got strung. It's pretty Whoa. wild. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And, um, no, there's a whole lot of just fucked up shit to that game. So if you think about it, Mr. House can be a villain. Like, yeah, he kept the strip safe, but he's, like, the wealthiest man on the strip because he kept it safe. Yeah. He had these, um, there was two options for the platinum chip when he, um, when he was trying to have it delivered in the beginning. It had data to, um, like, help him unlock the silos that he had these, like, defense missiles in that were supposed to intercept the warheads before they, you know, hit Vegas. Uh-huh. Only he, he said that a few of the nukes got through, and that's why Vegas is still almost pristine, but everything around it is a desolate fucking wasteland. Oh, okay. So there was that option, and then, you know, once you get a hold of the platinum chip, you can go in to Mr. House's, like, secret chamber, take his fucking, like, preserved body out of the container that he's in, and just tell him, fuck you, you can, you know, you. <laughs> I'm in charge now. You can basically take over the entire, you know, New Vegas Strip for yourself. You know, you can fucking, you can let Benny do it. 
You can let fucking Caesar win. You can help them win. You can help the NCR take control. You can help Mr. House, you know, keep control and he'll like give you everything you want for the rest of your life. There's just so many possible endings and so many like you can you'll walk around and listen to the people talk in the game and they'll view every good or bad, you know, like you'll find out why the NCR are such assholes like or you'll oh. find because you'll think like NCR is the military, the army, the veterans, you know, the rangers and shit like that. Yeah, okay, but then well, like people fucking, on the streets drunk, will... fucking yeah. alcoholic and drug abusers that are here and, you know, they're kicking everybody out of their homes to use for quote unquote government purposes. You know, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. And then you'll you already know why the Legion is bad because they're just there to just take over. Like, there's no fucking reason for them to be there other than to <laughs> control the damn. Like, they're just fucking there. And then there's Benny, you know, like, he's a selfish cunt. Yeah. I had that motherfucker lash you across the first time. But, um. <laughs> damn. And then I did, like, the independent Vegas thing, which everybody wants an independent New Vegas. Like, they don't want the NCR to seize control of it because. Whoever controls Hoover Dam controls the Strip because that's where the electricity comes from for the most. Yeah. So it's oh my god, there's just so much to get into. Yeah, I and it's like barely scratched the tip of the iceberg. This is a this is a good uh, example of like the use of narrative villains and like the use of narrative villains that aren't like like because there's there's narrative villains that have like a backstory that's tragic and that's the reason why they're evil, but there's also people that, like, this is a good example of, like, villains that aren't necessarily vis villains. They're just people with tragic flaws. They're just people that are that are going for something either that's not morally correct or their ideologies are, uh, are skewed or they're greedy or whatever. And it's not necessarily it's it's obvious in this case that they don't see themselves as being evil. They don't see themselves as doing wrong yeah, things. Yeah, because that's what they're like surrounded by. It's the same deal with the Brotherhood of Steel. Like they don't think what they're doing is wrong because they built an entire fucking military around this one ideal. Yeah, yeah. And so like like um one of the that's one of the better things to do when it comes to a character is like making it so that, like, yes, they might have this overall plan and they have a goal that they want to achieve, but why is that they have that goal? Is it because, oh, they killed my son, so I have to avenge him, and then you have to, like, wipe out something? But Or you can have something like they're trying, or, like, what what was one of the the excuse, or the um examples that I heard recently? It was, like, is, like, a doctor that's doing... um inhumane experiments to try to find a cure to to save their kid or something like that like adding a design or not like a design flaw but like adding a like a, a flaw like that for any villainous character will like add like a whole new depth to that character turns them into like like a, a like a believable human and not like just some guy that's bad for the sake of being bad it's 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 like if I had to yeah. choose between the two types of villains, because there's for okay, so for anybody that doesn't know, there's two types of villains. There's a mechanics villain and a narrative villain. A mechanics villain is like your Bowser's, Ganon's. Um, it, it could be anything from like those type, from like They're Nintendo just bad types, they were or built to be bad. Well, it's not just that. It's also in, another good thing that um, 
Another good uh, example of a mechanics villain, I feel like, I feel like it falls into that category, or just a really bad narrative villain, um, is the Mercs from Titanfall 2, since I know, I know that well enough. Um, but it's, it's, they're, they're bad for the sake of moving the player. Like, not emotionally, but, like, physically. Like, to get them to play the game. Like, you can't sit still in Mario because, like, when you get to the Bowser boss fight, you can't sit still or else he's going to hit you with a fireball and kill you. So, he's he's bad, and he attacks you for the sake of having you play the game. They're just bad for that reason. On the other hand, on the other side of that coin, a narrative villain has a backstory. It has, um the ability to immerse the player in the world more deeply than if you just had some bad guy that's bad because he's bad. Like, there could be something in the world that affected this person that caused them to be your main antagonist. Um, like, for instance, the reason why... Um, like, I feel like Blisk has more has more depth than the rest of the mercenaries in Titanfall 2 just because... Like, you can tell that he's all about the money, and he's got... there. You know that there's something wrong with him, because he's all about just killing people. He just wants to kill people. And and there's also the money part of it. He's, he's greedy as fuck. But then all of the other mercs, they're just... There's something off about them, but there's not really a motive, other than money, and other than serving Blisk, which is a little strange. Like... It, it makes me feel like they're more of a... Um, it makes me wonder, like, why did... how Or not why, but rather, how did Bliss get to be where he was? Or, like, oh, I why... Feel like or, like, who who's the main contractor of these okay. mercenaries? So, like, the, the, the lineage down... Well, I say lineage, but the, the hierarchy is... It goes... It's the IMC, and within the IMC, there's uh, the Marauder... Or not Marauder. Um, there's uh, the Ares Division, which is the mi- militaristic division of IMC. And then inside um, inside the uh, the Ares Division is its leader, um, uh, General Martyr. And General Martyr um, contracts Blisk and his mercenaries to take to do all of his dirty work for him instead of having like instead of wasting imc resources he hires mercenaries because they have the money to do so so why not um and so i'm assuming blisk is on top just because he's i mean what his fucking catchphrase is is like you kill me i you're better if i kill you i'm better like he's obviously he's obviously good at what he does Otherwise, I don't think he'd be on top. And it's like, that's probably why the other other ones follow him, is either because he's pulled them from a shitty situation to, to use in, in, in his ranks, quote-unquote, um, or, or they just looked up to him and was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang with this guy because he's, he's well, got the shit. Didn't he have the opportunity to kill Jack Cooper? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. But don't you think he'd rather have Jack Cooper as an ally? That's exactly what he did, though. That's that's exactly what he did at the end of the at the end of Titanfall. And if you guys haven't played it, I mean, it's been out for a while, so spoilers, I guess. Um, at the end, if you did, you play through the Titanfall campaign. Who me? Yes. Titanfall two. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You remember at the end. 
You remember at the end where he pull you pull open the um the arc injector chamber and it and it, and it blasts you back and it like fries all your equipment for a second. Yeah. So BT has to like reboot. Well, when you when you're on your back in BT, he uh he jumps he uh, he gets out of his legion, jumps onto the onto BT and drops an apex card on the yeah. on the hull of of BT and he's basically telling you like you didn't kill me today but instead of killing me you could join me and and do what we do cuz you're really good that's what he's basically saying he's you're really good at killing motherfuckers yeah well i mean How about you also you kill some motherfuckers yeah <laughs> exactly yeah well i mean i don't know but does that does that make you think like does blisk just try to pay everybody off to be killers with him so because like he's afraid that they might be better than him, he'd rather be their ally. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, do you think he's scared enough of Jack Cooper that he'd rather just leave him alive and give him the opportunity instead of try to kill him, fail, and have Jack Cooper hunting for him? You know what I'm saying? Um, well, I don't. I don't think it fits his personality. I don't feel. I don't feel like it fits his character bubble or character arc as it is well of course like i feel like bliss seem obvious like oh i'm afraid of this person so oh I'd no no, no. of course it's not son. gonna it's not gonna fit it it's, it's not gonna be obvious obviously but it's not gonna be obvious obviously but um i don't think it fits him because um the way he acts the way he acts around other like in in dangerous such an in the way he acts in dangerous scenarios, like when BT tried to trick him to um to like to try to kill him so that the uh that Jack Cooper can get the arc and get out of there or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? That last ditch effort before uh before what is it? What's her name? Um Sloan like rips the arc out of him and then shoots him. Yeah. Uh like fucking Blisk, if you pay close enough attention, he's like as graceful as a fucking ballerina getting out of the way of that shit. Like the grunts get fucking murked, but um Blisk like does like a full front flip, gets the fuck out of there, like he BT misses because of because uh Blisk was so like calm and collected, or at least calm and focused in that in that one moment where he could have fucking died. And then afterwards, he's, like, yelling, and he's, like, you know, like, like, get that fucking thing out of there before it goes off. And so he's, like, he's always down to business. He's not fucking, he's not phased by anything. And plus, in the Titanfall universe, coming from, like, a mercenary, I mean, actually, now that I say that, in any universe where there's mercenaries, that you have to be tough as fucking nails to be in any scenario like that or any place like that, any, like, community lifestyle that involves like mercenaries, people who are, eating, who are getting killed. Uh, goddamn literal fucking killers. Yeah, murderers and and shit like that. People getting paid to kill people. So I don't think he's scared of Jack Cooper. He sees him as a great asset. I feel like he's like, if I had this guy on my team, and plus you just fucking wiped out all of his mercenaries. So I mean, he he's kind of <laughs> he's got a he got a few open positions. Um, and it's like, why wouldn't you want someone? who just took out your entire team on your team. Now, of course, it doesn't work because Jack Cooper's a militia pilot and he's not about to go do that shit. He just he just went the entire fucking game um, fighting these guys. Why would he want to join them at the end? 
I mean, some people pick that path, but I sure in the, I sure in the hell wouldn't. Um, but like the the reason why the the way we got here to this conversation, the the reason why I see like the other mercs like uh, Blisk's mercenaries as um, as more mechanics villains than they are narrative villains because they don't have much backstory there's not much told about them they don't in their in the dialogue that they have in the game that you you overhear with the uh the microphone or the radio that you get from kane at the beginning they all sound unhinged that's definitely that duh and they all sound like they have issues but there's no explanation of what those issues are what brought them to blisk anything like that and it's the only time you actually interact with these characters is when you're fighting them in like a boss battle in like a mini boss battle because technically it's it, those are mini bosses up to blisk oh no 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 technically no they are bosses what am i talking about they're all bosses um and so yeah so that's the only interaction you get with them is when you fight them and the, the the definition of a mechanics villain is a villain that gets the player moving and playing the game. And so that's they don't have any narrative. That's the only place I can put them is in a is a, in a mechanics um, in the mechanics column. They uh, and I mean I can't really see. That's the thing I was I was worried about because like I'm trying to think of like narrative villains like, off the top of my head, but I don't have enough... I haven't played enough games that have, like, a narrative backstory to actually be able to say anything because, like, I play mostly first-person shooters and and that's, like, there's no narrative. There's And very rarely is there a narrative blah, blah, blah. Ooh! Actually... Okay, there's going to be spoilers in this for Modern Warfare, if anybody cares about that. Or should I save it? I don't know. Like, do you want me Do you want me to save it? Because you haven't played the ca campaign. I haven't played it. I'd like to play it, but I mean, I don't really give a fuck, I guess. It's, well, how bad is it? Well, it's a spoiler. It's a big spoiler for the game what I'm about to say, but if, if you haven't played it and you're going to play it when you get the chance, yeah, then in that case, just I'll, I'll keep to myself, but, um, the villains in that game, it really, you don't, you don't see it coming. And one of the things that that does is it complements the type of game it is, um, or the type of story it is like in warfare, shit happens out of nowhere. And stuff gets messy very quickly. Like, the, the guy that ended up, like, coming out of nowhere and fucking up a lot of shit. Um, I feel like it's a little rough. Um, but I can understand his story arc. Uh... But it definitely, it definitely, um... Like, throughout the story, even after you find out about the whole, about, uh, his deeds, um, and anybody who, who's played the Modern Warfare campaign, and, uh, um, 
and and it's like gone through the entire story or entire campaign knows who I'm talking about. They know they know who I'm talking about. Um, throughout the entire story, it's like there's more surprise. It's not just like you get this one like slap in the face, like whoa, holy shit, I never would have seen that. And then that's just you. And then you play from that perspective the whole game. It changes like two or three times after that too, like it it keeps like. It keeps you on your toes because you don't know, at least story-wise, it keeps you on your toes because you still don't know who's right, who's wrong. Like, it, it's it's sort of nowhere near on the same level, but it challenges, like, the right and the wrong, the revenge, the vengeance. Like, is this the right thing to do because of what happened in the past, or is it not worth it and it's more cost, it's, it's costing more than it's worth type of things? Which is, I feel like that's it's great villain design at least. Like the main villain in Call of Duty: Modern Warfare is kind of eh. He's just he's he's like a uh, like a cookie cutter. Uh, he's like he's a cookie cutter military villain, and I it, he's boring. I don't care. He's he's a dumb villain, and I don't like him. But um, but I feel like what's more interesting is the people. There's there's some people trying to get back at him, the main villain, and um, and it's when it's when you hear the the motives of those people that really questions your view on those people. Like it it's it's I'm trying to like say this without. And I'm doing, I think I'm doing okay. I'm trying to say this without any spoilers. And I, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. It's like, it's challenging, like, the way you view these people because of their actions um, in-game. And now, it's not like you're betrayed or anything like that. I will, I will say that. You're not betrayed by anybody, um, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, I, I was, I'm... I don't want to say any more because it's going to get into spoiler territory. I don't I can't I can't um say anything more about it or else it's going to start to get to that that point where it's like wait a minute. You can't say that. They haven't played it. Do not say a word. A word bad. Oh my god, I died. I died a little bit. Well, okay. So and here's a okay, here's a good um wait. Um Sam, have you played Doom Doom twenty sixteen? Yeah. Samuel Hayden, what type of what type of villain would you say he is? If you'd even call him a villain in the first place. I don't really know. I don't think he's the real villain. Well then who is? What's, uh, and then I'm not saying I'm not saying like games have to have a villain. Not all games have to have a villain. No, who, but who is that bitch that opened the portal to hell? Olivia Pierce. I don't know if I call her a villain. I'd Why call the fuck her not? more. I call her well, a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, she's a dumbass. But um, I wouldn't call her a. V- I guess, but it's more of. I guess, yeah, actually, I guess you could talk, call her a narrative antagonist, a narrative villain, because she, her, she believes, 
that like like opening up opening up hell hell on mars would would make things better quote question mark or that she just wants to serve the dark lord or whatever i don't know i didn't even think of olivia pierce because she just opened up the portal and got fucking eradicated immediately so i mean yeah whatever it's kind of like it's kind of like someone like taking their own life for a bigger a cause bigger than them you know what i mean yeah so I guess she's more she's more three dimensional than anything, but I feel like Samuel Hayden is the main villain in that game. Like, uh, well, okay. Spoiler warning for anybody who hasn't played Doom, but it's Doom twenty sixteen. It's twenty nineteen. You have three years. Uh, Doom Eternal's about to come out. Samuel Hayden betrays you at the end. Like, I mean, and uh, it's almost it's not like when I first played the game. I was a little surprised, but I wasn't completely surprised. I kind of saw it coming because through the entire thing, he hated what you were doing. He was so angry that you were like destroying his life's work in front of him because you're the fucking doom guy. You're there to you're there to fucking kick demon ass. That's like your whole purpose. And you've got these it's like imagine you woke up from a nap after killing like thousands hundreds of thousands of demons and then these these humans are well samuel samuel hayden used to be a human i don't know if he still got human parts in him but now these people are are opening up portals again to take energy out of hell not realizing how much of a danger that is and doom guys like oh fuck now i gotta go clean this shit up like you just did all of that work to close shit up, and then they've opened it up again. Of course, you're gonna be like, "Fuck this guy! I gotta, I gotta, now I gotta undo all this." So you're always at odds with Samuel Hayden, but um, he wants you to get into hell and then get back out with that um, the key, the key thing that uh, that you get. Like I think it's like near the end of the game. It's like this key that you use I don't to transfer the ending. Well, I don't what, remember playing the ending. So what happens is um you you get this key that's able to bring you between worlds. It's sort of like a gate key and it um it teleports you between hell and the um hell and and, and our world and um or hell in the mortal world. And Hell when you, well, there, and there's also like, um, on, in the mortal world where Samuel Hayden is, he has these devices that, uh, act as like a portal stabilizer. So you'll come through the portal into this little chamber. But what he does is when you come back, he zaps you and he has you in this like hold or, or no, no, it's in it's in your Praetor suit. In your Praetor suit, he like starts to he, he like he's either electrocuting you or he's like he's doing something to you to subdue you, and he takes the key from you, and um and then he uh what is it he like he like clicks something and it turns into a fucking sword, like that energy sword, and um and then Doom twenty sixteen ends, um revealing that Samuel Hayden was the actual enemy the entire time. Like, he was just trying to get you... 
He was on your side until you got that key, and then all he needed to do was get you back to him so that he could have it, and he would have complete control over um, the traversal between the mortal realm and the demon realm. Um, or the mortal realm and hell, basically. And uh, I've got a sneaking suspicion that in Doom 26... Or not Doom 2016, Doom Eternal... Um, what'll happen is Samuel Hayden goes to Earth and opens up a portal trying to do it there instead of on Mars because his whole operation's been fucking, um, destroyed and, uh, and ends up, you know, hell on Earth, you know, and so Doom guys gotta go fucking clean that up now. Um, that's my best guess, but yeah. That's that's my thoughts on Samuel Hayden, at least. Well, considering it feels like you're trapped in hell from what I've seen. What do you mean? You know, like, from the what the gameplay looks like, it looks like you're basically just, like, trapped in hell now. Oh, from Doom 20, or Doom Eternal? Yeah. Well, you, tra- you traverse different realms, because there's a whole, there's a whole, um sequence where i mean unless it was just trailer unless it was just trailer stuff but there was gameplay of him on a space station there's doom guy was on a space station and um i mean you probably make it back oh yeah 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 well but at the same time i don't know they might give him a badass ending well that's the thing though is like because in Doom 2016, you come back from the you come back from hell. You're on Mars at the end of it. You're just you're just yeah. getting like subdued by Samuel, and he steals the key from you. I don't remember what the key is actually called, but um, so I don't think you might go back to hell definitely, um, but I don't think you're stuck there unless yeah. it. I mean, they could also just be like, well, he, he took the key, I sent you back. Like, I mean, that's completely, that's a possibility. But I don't think, I don't think that's where that's going to go. Um, But we will not know until Doom Eternal comes out and they delayed it. So we have to wait until next year, which is big sad. I think that's right. They did, they delayed it to next year, right? Yeah, it's like March, I think. Ugh, ugh. Ugh, I just want to play Doom Eternal, damn it. Let me play Doom Eternal. Um, yeah, Jesus, let me see. So, see, now... What's a, what's a game off top of your head that had a villain that you thought was garbage? Like this guy just sucks. What do you mean by garbage? Like it just it just felt like he shouldn't be there. Like the my end my end like point here is that like there's some games that use mechanics villains instead of narrative villains. Which is completely devoid like de- like completely sucks all of the all of the uh the possibilities for like intric- intricacies of the world. Out of, you know, out of, um, you know, playing against this antagonist. 
like why are you playing against him kind of villain or just like no no like just like a bad for being bad you know just a bad because he's bad or like um or just has like a stupid backstory or not like a stupid backstory but like a stupid motive i don't know i can't really think of any yeah that's my games like that exactly like that's what i think my issue is right now is like i don't play a lot of games um that like like it, it if it doesn't look good i'm not gonna play it and there's usually yeah, telltale something about I, I i'm glad you said that i at least know enough about the plot to where it's like i understand if it's gonna be like a bad villain or whatnot yeah, well, like, okay, so I've heard like some... story doesn't look interesting. I heard some shit about, uh... About the villains of... Of Borderlands 3. Like, because I know you've played that. Well, I haven't played it. About yeah, like, I heard that there was, like... They went from, like, Handsome Jack to, like... Two crazy twins, and, like, who... Or two, yeah, uh... Calypso twins, and I was gonna talk about them, too. But they're, like... But they're just insane, though, right? In yeah, yeah. Well, kinda. So it's like they're so their their father was like the legendary vault hunter or whatever, and uh-huh. so they kind of knew a lot about that growing up, and so they they were interested in doing it, and they decided in order to do it, they needed to do stream, yes, stream, and gain a following through their streams, and basically turn that following into a cult. What the fuck? Yeah, the Children of the Vault. So you had the COV, the Children of the Vault, and they were just like one of the factions, I guess, helping them, trying to hmm. stop you get to the vaults and whatnot. Huh. Because That's the Vault Hunters weird. aren't like ant or protagonists themselves. They're like greedy and only in it for the loot and the money anyway. Yeah. That's... Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm a bad person to ask about um like narrative video game villains because I steer clear clear of a lot of stuff like that. Now, we'll get into something I do know. Ooh. Excuse me. Oh, uh, well actually before I, before I get into that, like what do you think that some some villains belong in some genres. Like, there's certain genres that need a certain type of villain. You get what I'm saying? No, I don't. Okay, so, like, say... Like, do you think... Do you think a narrative villain could fit in, um... Could fit in something like... Uh, let's see, like, like a bullet hell. Like, could, do you think a narrative villain, you could put a narrative villain in a bullet hell? Yeah, if it's like a huge amount of people you're having to take out. Wait, hold on, sorry, you have, you have a huge amount of people, what? Like a huge amount of people you have to take out. Well, well, I'm, see, I'm not understanding what you're saying, like, what do you mean you have a huge amount of people you have to take out? So, like, somebody's got to be in charge of them, right? Yeah. So, like, what's the reason? How, how come so many people find them, like, 
able to follow, you know what I mean? Like, what makes them so inspiring? Yeah, but do you think, if you're balancing that with, um, with gameplay, how, uh, if you're balancing that with gameplay, like, how are you going to do that in a bullet hell without making it not fun? Like, without a bunch of reading of, like, dialogue boxes and shit. I mean, it can just be implied throughout the stuff. Like, I don't understand what you mean. Like, okay, so what I'm trying to say is, like, in a bu- like for instance, th- let's use the example I've been going with. In a bullet hell, the whole part, the whole point of it is, like, you're just, you're one thing, and you're, like, running around shooting shit. Usually that's what the that's usually what the the gist of it is. You go around, you shoot shit, you get power up so you can shoot shit faster. Um, but to put like a a narrative villain in a bullet hell would mean you'd have to be able to explore. You'd have to be able to find things for yourself. At least in my eyes, a good narrative villain in any game is something is is someone that has an effect or has been affected by something in the world that you can also find. It's something that not not just anyone, or it's not just exclusive to them. It's something you can sympathize with. Like, if you can't, if you can't understand where a villain is coming from, you're a lot less, li- you're, it's less likely that you're going to find them to be a believable character. They're going to seem more 2D if you can't understand where they're coming from. Um... And I don't see how you could do that in a bullet hell unless it wasn't like um, unless it was one that has exploration. Anyone, any one of the ones that doesn't have exploration would either have to have a lot of dialogue, which kind of sucks if you have to read through it all. Um, or there would have to be like audio lines. But even that, you don't want to listen to somebody talk for however long. And if, especially if it's during the game, that's distracting. You're not going to be worried about what the fuck they're saying. You're going to be worried about not dying. But my question before was, like, in that same, um, in that same, like, area or, or question, what other types of games do you think, uh, or what other types of games... Uh, have a certain type of villain that they need. Like, they can't have this type of villain, so they need this one. Like, a first-person shooter, um, especially if you're talking about, like, campaigns, I feel like they need more of a narrative villain than they do a mechanics villain. Because, yes, a mechanics villain gets the game going, but it doesn't give the player what it what they need in form in the form of like a story something to entertain their mind instead of you know just you know mindlessly shooting a bunch of uh, minions and stuff so like you you have any any thought on that cuz i mean well, like, well i think it's what you were asking earlier like how to include a good villain in that type of a game, there's no real way to do it, because that's, like, its own genre, I guess. Yeah. Or it has its own sort of, like, what do you call it? Its own sort of, I want to say prerequisites, but it's it's built in a certain way that just doesn't allow it. And you'd have to change the game functionality, or the, the game's functionality, to make it more narrative vin- villain-friendly. That's a weird thing to say. Narrative villain friendly. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know, like, 
That's like imagine imagine trying to put a narrative villain in something like Tetris. Could you imagine that? Okay, no, you couldn't do something like that. Exactly. That's that's damn near impossible. Well, I mean, like, you could, and then like, oh, do this level to to uh to get this enemy or whatever, you know, something I like remember, that. Because even those match three games will like throw a villain in there and be like, okay, well, you have an AI to play against. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like, cool. Like, if you ever played Tetris Worlds, they actually tried to put, like, a, a, uh, a setting for the, all the Tetris games, which was really, really weird. It was for the GameCube. It was really fucking weird. Um, what do you, hold on. Let me just, oh, um, you know, in, in, in this, in this, what what the fuck am I trying to say? Words, please. I hereby summon words so that I can fucking use them. Um in the same sort of like vein of villains in general. What about like what about what's some movie villains? Because I mean gaming in in like the gaming aspect, that's a very um it's very different when you try to introduce a villain in a game versus when you try to uh, when you try to introduce a villain in like a movie or a TV show. So, like, what would you say? Well, like let's start with like what your shows like automatically have plot. Well, oh yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like I feel like. Do you think it's harder to make a good video game villain than it is, um, or is it more? Is it harder to make a good like movie villain? I don't know because anything you can put into a movie and sound perfect, but it's more hard. It's harder to like make it sound perfect through a game because you're having to like do it yourself to get there. Whoa, 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 like, whoa! Hold on, hold on. S- say that first part again. So but, in a movie, yes, it's like they're there. You know, like this is how it is. No matter what, you can't change. But in a game, you have to take into account what the players are going to do. So you have to build it around what you think the players are going to do and how you think they're going to react to this. You can, mm, you can well, make a movie about like ending slavery, <laughs> and okay. then you can make a game about ending slavery, and they can be two totally different games. Are two different like, two different things in general? Yeah, or like two. Well, okay, so things. I see what you're saying. You can choose not to do it in the game. Like, give the player options. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I can. <laughs> God damn it, I could I could see where you're going, um, but I think you're thinking about it a little. You're thinking about it differently than I'm thinking about it. When I think about whether you how you make a villain in a movie and how you make a villain in a video game. Uh, if I was going to compare video game villains with movie villains, I would think of it more like you know how like Tomb Raider, like the game, the Tomb Raider games. You have one goal. the The game is always going to have this set ending, and you're always going to play through it. And it's it or like the Uncharted games. There's oh, it's like a it's like a movie that you play through basically. Or like yeah, any, like or like any, like, or like the, yeah, but the, hold on, but like there's like Castlevania games. There's one goal that you have. You go to kill Dracula or whatever the end monster is. Like Shovel Knight. I, well, as for, actually, I'm not going to say anything about Shovel Knight because I don't know if you have different options in that game. 
I feel like you do. Because these days they add more options for people to choose from. It's not all just like, you know, you go here, you do this, you kill this guy. Because that's how you're supposed to play the game. But in movies, yeah, technically you can, it's like you can't, once you make a movie, you can't change it. But also in the same fact, like if you make a game, you can't change it. If you make a game that's meant to be like a narrative game, you're supposed to play through it, experience a story... And you don't have a choice whether to do or to not to do. So, like, for instance, like Shadow of the Colossus. You don't have a choice, as far as I know, as far as I know, you don't have a choice whether to fight them or not. You just have to fight them. To beat the game, you have to fight them. So, in the same vein, a movie villain can... It's I would say it's harder to make... Um, it's harder to make a movie villain than it is a game villain. They're both difficult, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it's harder in a movie because um, in a game, and this is all just, you know, me, like, trying to weigh everything out in my head. Like, in a game, like, when you're playing a game, yes, there's the storyline that you can focus on, but you could easily play that game without paying attention to anything going on in the story. Some games, or most games, I should say, you could play through the entire game and not care about anything that's happening story-wise and just play it for the mechanics, and you'd have a great time. So that also means that if you are paying attention to the story, you're also playing a game and reading a story at the same time or experience a story, experiencing a story at the same time. So you're, you're focused on both things. You're, you have two things to focus on. That's what I'm trying to say. In a movie... You're sitting in a theater or on the couch watching it. The only thing that you're paying attention to is how that story is playing out. There's nothing else you have to focus on. There's no skill involved. All you have to do is just watch the movie, which means you're able to pick up on some minor things that you might have missed while playing like a narrative game. A narrative game, you might be under gun... Like in Tomb, in Tomb Raider, there were there were dialogues that I completely fucking missed because I was, I was like, getting shot at. And I was like, I can't... What the fuck do I, I think, do? Well, I forgot like the button. A good example of that, too, because, like, you're too focused on the literal cult going on around you that you don't understand that Russia's dropping bombs on the U.S. through the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, like, it's like that. It's like you, you miss little key points, but if you were watching a movie, your focus wouldn't be parted you know you wouldn't be worried about two things at once all you're doing is just watching the movie and it's usually um well it's gonna say it's usually for enjoyment but you play games for the same reason but like it's usually for casual enjoyment you're you're just playing the game or you're just watching a movie so because to do nothing just to like watch something to experience a story quote unquote because you know some movies um <laughs> fucking Hobbs and Shaw what like, some things don't have a fucking storyline. They're just shit to be shit. Like, but there's stuff that do have, there's stuff that does have storyline, like, off the top of my head, X, uh, what is it, X Machina. That, that was a fucking trip, dude. Oh my god. And it's, then it's like, they, I can guarantee you with stuff like that, they had to be, like, or I'm not even gonna, like, th like, they might, they, they might have been, or they might have whatever. Like, they always have to be meticulous in movies about how they make their characters sound, how their lines are written, all of the setting stuff, how the characters act, 
all that stuff because they're very there's there could be very minute things that completely um that completely go against how their character is structured so like a villain could be um okay so it's like you know how you know how if if somebody just tells you like if somebody is there's just some like villainy monologue it's going to be like okay this guy's bad and this these are his goals but he hasn't done anything like you haven't seen him do anything to complete these goals so is this really who he is like he's, he's still too 2d if you understand what i'm saying so you have to have that person doing stuff you have to have something happening to uh to make it it's like show don't tell you know don't don't give me a monologue do stuff like have your actions reflect your goals have it look like what you're doing um like exemplifies or or um or pushes the the narrative that you've that you've set out before yourself and to do that in a movie you have to make sure all of those things all of the characters actions throughout the movie correspond with their their ideals their motives and their goals and through a video game like that's not that hard to do because i feel like it's not that hard to do number one because if there's little things you can sort of brush them off because um a gameplay scenario is a lot more engaging than a movie so you don't have to use this i would say like i'm saying this um but but i don't mean it like literally you don't have to use many fancy words and flashy things like you would in a movie to get it across in a video game because the it, the player feels like they're there in that situation so for i feel like in a movie i i'm basically repeating myself at this point like a game you can make your character uh you can make the player experience um whatever motives and goals the the villain has through the gameplay like you can have levels based on on uh unhinging the villain's plan while simultaneously finding things in those levels that explain more about the villain that you're fighting against like it could be either like uh character dialogue that you're overhearing from another room or a letter that was supposed to be sent that didn't get sent and so you now you see what the actual master plan is or you see a conflict that's going on in the background for that villain but like a movie you have to like you have to do all that but make sure it corresponds perfectly you have to make sure everything and you also have to worry about like um you have to do all of that in a certain amount of time because like you can't have like four hour movies like Unless you're, unless you're fucking Avengers Endgame, because everybody was like, I don't care if that movie's five hours long, I'll still watch it. So, I mean, I don't know, that's, I don't know why I went so long trying to explain that, but that's my, that's my thought process on that. Jesus, I gotta stop, I gotta stop rambling like that, Jesus. I need to like have a uh, a soundboard where like I have a uh, a train like the train whistle sound effect, so I can be like choo choo. We're going on a tangent train, and this thing, this fucking thing, ain't stopping until we're out of fuel. Because that seems to be like how I like to roll. I don't know why. Um, yeah.
Jesus. I burnt out. Um, but no, like, I, like, wait, oh shit, did you see Joker? Oh, uh, no, not yet. Whee! Damn it. Um, see, that's a cool one because, like, you see it from his perspective. Like, that whole, that whole movie, it's like, Joker's not the antagonist. Which is crazy. No, because the movie's from his point of view. Exactly. I mean, that'll do okay. it. But also, um... Let me see. Hold on. Well, when you make a movie like that and you're allowing the person watching it to, like, sympathize with whoever it is, you can put Hitler in the movie and people can still be like, oh, yeah, now I see why he did it. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, maybe That's not that extreme, yeah. Maybe you know I mean. maybe not. Maybe not Hitler, but <laughs> maybe not but, Hitler, but Stalin. Okay, you know what? But who's this? Um, rant. Uh, cat just posted this. This guy, Didact. That's the Didact from Halo. Didact. That's what it is. I don't. I don't know anything about that. Like Didact bad. Wow, man. <laughs> Is there anything more about Didact Bad that than other than just Didact Bad? Not necessarily. Why do you say that? Well, it's... Hang on, I'm... I need a brush up, I guess, because I can't remember much about the Didact other than he bad. He bad. Didact he bad. bad. Got you in the pipes, five by five. Didact Bad. <laughs> the didact bad. <laughs> God, that was. I can't was... remember if he was like. I can't I don't... remember who the heck didact was. They did a really good remember. job of making fucking Viper a awesome, an awesome character. Like he was just a he was just a fucking badass to fight. Stone cold from the air. Also, I'm biased because he was using my favorite Titan. So I mean, <laughs> but like the lines that he had were like, those were, those were like the best, they're the best lines in that whole game. Ugh. I'm just re reading up on what. Who he is. Yeah, I'm seeing. I saw this. Uh, the antagonist in Halo Four. I just can't remember too much about him. Yeah, I saw. I see the. Uh, I saw the thing that Cat posted. It's a quote Wait from a introductory speech to John one one seven upon waking from his cryptum. On blank. Bing bong, ding dong. On Requiems. Terrorism, treachery, genocide, attempted mass corruption. Oh. Damn. Cause he looked he looked like an ugly man. Retrieves the composer and uses it to corrupt all of humanity on Earth.
like the cat's like he was, cat said he was one of the villains I looked at and thought, oh, he kind of has a point. Wait, who's the didact? Yeah, the didact. He doesn't see. have a point. The the the, like the quote is I can read it out real quick. It's so fades the great harvest of my betrayal. Even these beasts recognized what you were oblivious to, human. Your nobility has blinded you as ever. The libertarian or the librarian left <laughs> little to chance. Stop. Stop. Didn't she? Turning my own guardians, my own world against me. But what hubris to believe she could protect her pets from me forever. If you haven't mastered even these primitives, yeah, primitives, then man has not attained the mantle. Your ascendance may n yet be prevented. Time ha time was your ally, human, but is n but now it has abandoned you. The forerunners have returned. This tomb is now yours. Okay. Cat, you were going to say something, though. I heard the mic. The unmuting of the mic. Who is Mike? Damn, she dead. Mike dead. But well, hold on. What, why, why do you say he doesn't? Why do you say he doesn't have a point though? He doesn't what? Why do you say he doesn't have a point though? He's evil. <laughs> but like, what is what is his goals? Like, what is he trying to do? I just told you, retrieve the composer and use it to corrupt all humanity on Earth. He's trying to destroy humanity because he doesn't think he thinks they're still primitive to him. Like, you know. But it isn't because he was wronged before. Like they didn't get back. Like, yeah, yes, cat, you can talk. Jesus, what? <laughs> yes, tell us what you're you were gonna say before before you like disappeared once more. Okay, so. I played Halo 4 quite a bit, and the Didact has been one of my favorite villains, besides the little cunt known as 343 Guilty Spark. And, um... I think he has a point, because of how the librarian describes his past. He was incredibly wronged. Like, he was just, he was, like, fucked over? To do with him, like... He was screwed over. It's not his fault that he's so bad, in my opinion. Well, then, well, okay, then how was he fucked over, though? Like, who fucked him um, over? If I remember correctly, when they were trying to prolong their species and prevent themselves from being uh, wiped out, uh -huh. they converted their minds into technology to prolong themselves. But Hence the Prometheans. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. Okay. And if I remember correctly, the Didact is one of the ones that came back out of that all messed up. His mind okay. isn't right. And he viewed mankind in a different light. <laughs> okay, but then why why is mankind at fault is what I'm wondering. Because if his, if his, if his goal... Because I'm trying to figure out which one of you to side with. Because, like, Cat has a... Cat says he has a point. Okay. Solemn said said says didact bad. But I, what I'm seeing is like, from what Cat you're explaining is, and now this is coming from someone who has no idea what the fuck they're talking about. I have not played Halo Four. Um, 
like from what I'm hearing is that he was trying his race was trying to um his race was the forerunners. Yeah. Who were opposed to the creation of the Halo rings. He saw them as a sin above everything else. They stood against the fabric of the mantle, and the mantle was at the forerunner's belief, which um, all life is equally precious, and that is, if possible, that it must be preserved above everything else. So they're kind of like the Mr. International, like Mr. Worldwide Peace kind of people. Wait, so hold on. I would also be said that he was the lover of the librarian before everything went bad. Yeah, so so the forerunners were looked at what they were looked at as like a last resort because of the human covenant war and all that that was going on. They were like totally against it. So they were like those they were like those college kid protesters that were just like you need to quit. All life is precious. All lives matter. And they were kind of looked down on for that. Wait, the so di- like, wait, so the forerunners were like a part of the mantle or I'm I'm confused on the that. The forerunners founded the mantle and the mantle Okay, the founded the mantle. Belief. Gotcha. The, okay. Yeah, the mantle is like a code to them that all life is precious. Okay, so hold on, if I'm going to let me just reiterate or or just try to like exp- like say what I'm understanding right now. Halo is, lore is this really guy deep and you'll never understand it all. <laughs> so, so the forerunners founded the mantle, which the mantle says that all life is precious and there's like a balance I'm assuming or they have to try to preserve it. If right? possible, everything if should be possible. preserved. So if possible, everything should be preserved. Um, yep. So what about... Then what I'm not understanding is what about the rings are a sin? Because that's technically preserving fight life, is it not? Hold on a minute. I gotta kind of look Don't the this. rings wipe out entire yeah, like species? You... That was the whole thing with yeah, the Arbiter... So the... The, yeah, the entire thing with the... Well, the Arbiter's not really the bad guy. The Arbiter was like Muhammad of his people. The Arbiter was everybody. amazing. Yeah, the Arbiter's not a bad guy. And he actually... Cause, so the elites and the Covenant... like So the Covenant aren't just the species, okay? So like you have the... You have all these different species, and the Covenant is basically just aliens coming together for you know like their own religious causes. They, they're kind of like the radical Islamic terrorists of space. Okay. So they believe they believe that you know like they're all dying for a greater cause or whatever, and it's supposed to be religious or you know whatnot. So the Halo rings can basically like can't it be used as some sort of weapon or something to wipe out humanity or yes, something like that? Yes. So once you once you get to them and like activate them all, which is like the the goal of the game, the Master Chief and you know, like, the UNSC are trying to get to them because the UNSC is, like, the quote-unquote the Peace Corps of the... They're, like, you know, the Space Force, basically, trying to, like, take it for good. <laughs> if it has to be yeah. used, use it against the bad guys. So, yeah. And the Covenant's just like, well, you know, everything that isn't believing that we are is wrong. So that's what they were yeah. for. But the Forerunners were like, this weapon shouldn't have been built to begin with. And I understand what Kat means when she says that they kind of have a point and that the didact kind of had a point in all of that. Okay. Like, because the, the Forerunners, they built these other things too. They're called the Guardians. I th- want to say there was... I can't remember how many there were, but there was a ton of them. And it was like... There were these huge... Be- like one could wipe out an entire solar system or something like that. There were these huge... I don't want to call them creatures, but... 
robot alien things. They were they were just they were highly destructive. They're they're weapons of mass destruction, basically. Yeah, you'll see them in Halo Five Guardians. You know, like the name of the game. Yeah. So yeah, and Cortana calls a bunch of them to. Um, what's that? I can't remember the name of. Them. Okay. Okay. So. I I didn't previously know that the rings were also a weapon. I thought they were just a, a habitable space. No, they weren't just planets. They were um they big bads. Yeah, the big bads. Okay. So I mean, they could now, be well, okay. but once you like turn them in a certain direction, they faced uh, like they're they're called the halo array when you put them all together because there's like a bunch of different rings. Uh-huh. So once you line them all up a certain way, they can then be used as a weapon. Okay. And you can point that weapon in any direction of the galaxy you wanted to. Gotcha. And that's what made okay. them so bad. So, and then, like, the Prometheans as, like, the... Or not the Prometheans. The, um... The Forerunners were just like, okay, well, this isn't good. Like, this thing shouldn't have been built. Okay, so... so yeah, okay. fighting over it. So, uh, so, I get it. So, so the Covenant... Yeah. The Covenant is... Is, uh... Islam. Is not... Is, is against, um... The Covenant is against the Rings... Um, the, the peop the, the protagonist or the player characters are, um, or the player character and the people that they play with, um, are trying to use the rings and then the, uh, the didact or the, the, the forerunners or whatever are trying to destroy these rings as well so that they're not used to destroy life in general is what I'm well, understanding. I mean, they were already built. So, like, the Covenant are the ones trying to use them for bad purposes. Okay, so, so the Covenant... Take the them cov and control them as, like, leverage, like, military leverage. Gotcha, and so, okay. And so the Covenant can't use them for evil. And the, the Forerunners are trying to kill both of these guys off. And so, like... I'm assuming the Four... The, the Dynac, as, like, leader of the Forerunners, is just like, okay, you guys need to keep your grubby mitts off of this thing and not use it. They have no plans to use the Halo Array for any purpose, but they're like, now that they know that the human race is trying to like control them, so the Covenant can't get their hands on them, makes them think like, why? Why should the humans have them? Like, so he's yeah. trying. Like, that's where the that's where the didact comes in. And it's just like, yeah, screw humans. I hate humans. Okay, I'm. See, oh. I, st I what I if I'm thinking about how the didact. As uh, and this is coming from, like I said, someone who hasn't played it, who doesn't know anything about this, is just learning all this now. If the if the forerunners um, are well, they're not necessarily trying to destroy. Everyone's trying to use it, from what I'm understanding. They're trying to, or they're not. Nobody's trying to destroy it, is what I mean. Nobody's trying to destroy the rings. They're just trying to either keep it out of the hands of somebody else, or use it for their own doing, or or leverage, like like you said. And so, I can see, like, I can see where they're coming from. Like, the Covenant's pretty 2D. That's pretty, like, bleh, whatever. Okay, fuck it. Yeah, you're terrorists, I get it. Or, or like, like, or, actually, yeah, no, that's actually pretty accurate. Um, um, but then, like, the, there's gotta be some reason. There's gotta be some reason. I mean, maybe there's, there's something revealed in dialogue and stuff. But there's gotta be some reason why he suddenly hates just hates humans Can, instead of instead of like hating both covenant and human like what is there any point in the story where he's like obliterating covenant fleets while also going after humans like yeah in halo 4 um 
while you're playing on Requiem trying to stop the Didact, his Prometheans are fighting both the um are both fighting the Covenant and you. Okay. Okay, so they're getting attacked from both sides. Okay. Well, kind of everyone is, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's kind no, of a free-for-all like for the Halo. Five, yeah, throughout Halo and 5, you're really fighting both as Master Chief or as the UNSC. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Too Can I also read this real quick? Yeah, go for it. The Didact was later captured and treacherously abandoned by the Master Builder in a flood-infested system, where he encountered the Grave Mind, the Flood's central intelligence. Though he survived, the Didact's sanity was severely shaken by this encounter, which he later described as a more of a malediction than a conversion or conversation. Hmm. The Didact was subsequently returned to Yukamain, where his privileges were restored though command of the Forerunner military remained within the second Didact. Failing to decipher flood immunity via other means, including an experimental procedure which left him disfigured, he acquired a Composer, a machine once designed to rid Forerunners of flood infection via converting their essence to digital form, so but abandoned long since due to several functional defects. The Didact first used the Composer on his loyal Prometheans, who willingly submitted to the process, but later used it forcibly on a large population of humans, blaming their species for the war. Hmm. Okay, so, so, so since humans wanted to use it for military leverage, he got upset because he's like, now that you, now that you went off to try to use these things, now everybody's after it, and so now there's mass destruction everywhere. They were built to be used, so like... Okay, the Flood is another, I guess, faction, you can say. So... More like a hive mind. The, the Flood is these, like, parasitic, like, zombie things. Yeah, yeah, I, I, know what, I know what the Flood are, yeah. So, they're trying to think, like, there's no real cure for these guys. We need to, like, systematically exterminate them. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, this <laughs> Halo array, Installation Zero, is, like, the way to do it. And, oh, but that so was that's only what... the last resort. So Installation okay. 2 and the 7, there was originally like 12 Halo rings, but there's only 7 left. Um, because some did get destroyed, but like, the um, that was built as like a place of study. So they could kind of like hang back and watch the flood. Uh-huh. So, and then, you know, it was designed to also kind of be a weapon in case they wanted to like eradicate them completely. But they wanted to like figure out, you know, what their deal was because like they showed sentience too like they like they're an intelligent the flood like, is terrifying maybe. yeah they are terrifying especially when you have like um gravemind who's like i guess you can consider part ai maybe and part you know hive mind hmm. i don't really know it's it's really weird lore but so okay you know, so if i'm going like, to understand the intelligence of things it's weird so, if I'm going to understand how this, like, okay, so the rings were made to study and or destroy the Flood, and so now they're being used as, like, a chess piece between these three factions that all have different motives, like, throughout the whole thing. Really, two factions, the humans, the UNSC, and the Covenant. Okay, so, so the, flood, the the flood have no real interest in this thing. They don't really give a crap. They're kind of just here because they're here. Oh no! What when I said like the three ones, and I didn't the mean third like third one 
would be the Forerunners. Yeah, I meant like the Forerunners, the Covenant, and the humans. That's what I meant. Yeah, so the Forerunners aren't even really trying to use it for anything. They're just trying to keep everyone away from it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I was understanding before. Was like they're just they just yeah. don't want anybody near it because it's like weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, it's like a big bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I've got it. And I um, if I gotta side with one of you when it comes to like him having a point, I gotta say, I think he does have a point when it comes into he, it. Like, cause, what cause, do you mean by have a point? Okay. He does and Because if I'm if I'm understanding that humans got to the rings to use as like leverage like a militaristic leverage then technically they did start this whole conflict they did like it exacerbate the conflict now of course the forerunners were trying to keep them from it just in general but if humans got to it first that technically technically they did exacerbate the process they didn't make it worse they they egged on the covenant which made every all everything more. The covenant went for them first. Oh, so the covenant then okay yeah then it doesn't make sense why he's pissed off at humans. It doesn't make sense. He's mad at the humans because the humans are trying to stop. Okay, so it's a cluster. So it like, is a cluster, but it's like it what I'm saying. If I if if I'm gonna covenant tries to go for this weapon. Okay, humans are like no, don't do that, and they smack their hand right, and they're like it's mine. <laughs> okay, they're like the older brother that steps in and it's just like no, yeah. this is mine. Just slap yeah. him on the wrist, like, hey, stay away from this. This is bad. This is a gun. This is a big space gun. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. after that happens, you know, the Forerunners are just like, yo, quit. You don't need to take that from The Forerunners are like the mom of the universe, and they're like, you don't take that from him, you know? None of yeah. you should have this. This is a yeah. gun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, then, <laughs> and then you've got, um... And then you've got the flood, which are like the dog in the backyard that the gun is being pointed at. He's like he has no idea about it, but it's just there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Jesus way of putting it, but... but okay, I understand. Then, and in that case, then it's it's more of an effect of him being ill-minded and like he doesn't and needing... understand the whole thing. He's just like they see a weapon, they want the weapon, but that's not the whole story. Ex- so he's yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm. No, no, yeah, we don't. yeah, that's what it's looking like. So I guess, and I'm changing my answer that he doesn't. He barely has a point. Like he has a very misinformed point. Like the human shouldn't have access to his it brain either. is messed up, which is why he feels this way. So oh, yeah, I yeah. feel like he's justified in his actions, but it's not right. Well, he's. I don't even think he's. I don't even think he's justified. He would be justified. He's justified if he's, in his own mind. He would be justified if he was going after the Covenant because he they were the first pers- they were the first people to he's go after. He's still going it. after the Covenant. He's still yeah, killing he's still, them. Yeah, he's, yeah. But no, but like the humans too that are trying to like. Yeah, but I mean, but there's something more to it too because there's Cortana that's like it's supposed to be Master Chief's AI. Uh huh. But she's kind of gone rogue in her own way, and she's had developed these relationships with the Forerunners. So he's not like. The first encounter that you have with the didact as chief in Halo Four is like he doesn't kill you. He has every opportunity to. He has every opportunity to kill all of. Yeah, he kind of just like uses the force to pick you up, and he's like, "Silly human, you don't understand any of this," which you really don't because there's like so much more to it than they allude to in the games. He had the Hmm. opportunity to kill Master Chief, the entirety of Blue Team, the entirety of, um. Team or fire team Osiris, like he's got all this opportunity to just wipe out everyone and doesn't. Neither him or Warden Eternal in Halo 5. 
Um, my knowledge of the Halo lore ends after Halo 4 because I haven't watched anything or played anything after it. The last oh, thing okay. I remember is that Chief wasn't considered entirely human anymore thanks to the librarian. There's a lot of lore. A lot of lore. 10,000 oh pages alone on the wiki, but you know. Jeez Louise. Okay, well... Because the, I rem- before we get sucked into that, what were, we, what were you gonna say, Cat? I remember in Halo Four that the librarian's like, in order for you to fight the didact, you need to change, and so you go through a chain, uh-huh. and the didact no longer can like foretold you. Like mine, force, yeah. <laughs> Force choke you. Like, you can't force choke sense. anymore. The librarian changed you, you bitch. But you're still able to fight off Ward Eternal. He was, he was like an AI mind, but he's got a million uh-huh. bodies. So like, no matter how many times you kill him, he's gonna keep coming back. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm fucking axing it. Um, because if I don't, we're gonna just we're, you guys are gonna be spewing Halo shit at me for like the rest of the fucking night. We've got an after party. We've got an after party to get to. Um, thanks for everybody that joined us tonight. Um, if you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you're listening on Anchor, fo- uh, favorite us. If you're here on Twitch, follow us. Um, big changes are happening soon. I'm about to get to that. But uh, down below, you can find all the links to all of our stuff, including our Twitter. Go follow us there. Solemn posts fucking ridiculous shit all the time. Um, and retweets, retweets just as ridiculous shit. Um, and, uh... And there's a suggestion do- there's a suggestion box down below as well as our Discord. Join our Discord. It's full of fantastic people that will welcome you with uh with hugs and joy. Um I'm making sure I'm not missing anything in the in the thing. Okay. Um afterwards we have uh our accidents after hours that's going to be happening not even a couple minutes after this ends. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Um, but also I'd like to get into just a reiteration because this is the last show. I repeat the last show before we start recording episodes. The difference is they will not, um, actually now that I think about it for the start, they will only be on YouTube and anchor, uh, YouTube for the visual, uh, for actually the actual videos and then anchor for um, anchor for the uh, what do you call it the audio audio version that you can like listen to on your mobile device. Get the anchor. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about it because I know Twitch has an of uh, you have the ability to upload videos on Twitch. So I'm gonna look into that. And when we if that's a thing, we'll we'll notify notify you guys on Twitter. That's why you should follow us. Um, and definitely think about getting the Anchor app on your phone. It is super handy, and it's and Anchor has been a fantastic thing for us because we are also, oh my goodness, I should probably say something about that. You need to go to our Anchor, um, our Anchor, uh, what do you call it, site. You need to click on the link below. Um, but the reason why I say that is because we are on more sites than just Anchor, and Anchor has all the links to those sites. So if you have accounts on these sites, uh, such as Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, uh, Radio Public, Spotify, all of those, if you have an account that you'd rather listen to us there, you can. All you have to do is click the link 
on our anchor uh, on our anchor page. So definitely check us out. Um, if you uh, if you could uh, share all of our stuff, like on like and subscribe on all the all of the things is basically what I'm saying. Do all of the things, and uh, we will see you guys uh, next time. Yeah. Bye bye.